It's good to see you. Thank you for being here. Uh, appreciate you. And thank you for those that are watching at home as well. Uh, as it said, the Family Room Series is this Wednesday night. We think that there's some folks having their Family Room Series right now. Probably my kids included, hopefully. I hope you're tuning in. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, let me uh, go ahead and uh, read our passage of Scripture for today, which is Luke 6, 27 to 36. So you can turn there um, if you'd like, or just listen to one of the most radical passages of Scripture, I think, in the entire Bible. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. Amen. What if Jesus was serious? <laughs> this series is called that. What if Jesus was actually serious about these words in this passage of Scripture? Radical words that are such a countercultural way of thinking that I don't even know if we really have space for understanding that. It's like, it's so much that Jesus does one of these moments at the beginning where he says that point of emphasis. If you have ears to hear, if you're willing to listen, hear me, hear this. He knows that this is going to be a hard thing for us to hear. He knows it's going to be an easy message for us to kind of put off or ignore and just move on from. And so he says, hey, I want you to hear this. I want you to listen to this. This is important. And in light of that, even in light of him doing that, I think it's even as well important to sort of pause and recognize how truly important love is in the way of Jesus, how important love is in the scriptures, that this is by far the most important trait that a follower of Jesus can have. It's by far the most important thing that we can understand about God, but also experience from God and then display to others. This is the most important thing. And yet I think we sort of even culturally, even as Christians, have kind of like put it off as like a soft virtue. You know, oh, that's just sort of like 
I don't know, love is sort of weak or something. But this is that radically important that we should really make it the most important thing and have a radical reset on the concept of love in the Bible. And now we've talked about when it comes to discipleship and thinking how we are discipled by others and led by God and then how we can be able to then do that for other people that we've talked about this whole thing of, of giving and receiving. And so like anything else, I think this is, this is so important when it comes to love that we receive the love of God first and then we're able to give it and display it especially if we're gonna talk about things like loving enemies and this kind of super hard way to love, we have to be a people then that are, are placing ourselves into like situations of like readiness of saying, Lord, please, I wanna experience your love. Help me to, to know and experience your love and then to just be still and quiet and get out there just to be with the Lord and, and then to have him pour out his love upon you and then live out of that love. And so maybe like your biggest prayer request this year can be, Lord, let me experience your love. Let me know your love. Let me receive your love. More than God, help me love my enemies. Because eventually like we're gonna need to ask that prayer and, and to be able to do that. But God, let me experience your love so that I can love like you. That is the way of Jesus, the Jesus way of love. He is showing us his way of love in this passage. And this Jesus way is an extraordinary love. I, wanna, I know we just read it, but I'm gonna read it again, just those first few verses. These first few verses, as I read them, I want you to recognize that this is one of the most important pieces of literature in the world. Like not even just like Bible verses that we think about, but this is one of the sort of most important philosophical ethics there is that is studied. I actually, my freshman year at UC Santa Barbara, I took an introduction to ethics class within the philosophy department, and we studied this passage of scripture in that class. So this is how much it is like important when it comes to pieces of literature. Now may it be important in the way we live our lives. So hear it again. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. And then here, the golden rule, do to others as you would like them to do to you. This is an extraordinary love, radical love. Like Jesus turns every way that we normally think about love completely upside down. We think about we would love people that are nice to us. I'll be nice to you if you're nice to me. You know, you, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You do me a favor, I'll do you a favor. That's kind of just the way the world works, right? That's what we're supposed to, we think we're supposed to do. I mean, we even think, I mean, even verses in the Bible, like we love because he first loved us. But Jesus is like, no, 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 like the way of Jesus, the way of God is, is even more like, I want you to love your enemies, 
I want you when people are, are cruel to you or hate you, not just love them, but do good actions, good deeds, good works for them. And uh, I want this world then to experience love in a way they've never even thought about understanding love. And so even just like looking at a bit of this list here on the screen of love your enemies, this Jesus way of love, love your enemies. We're gonna, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more obviously, like who is your enemy and do you love them? Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. You think about people that, that hate you, that don't like you, or you don't like them, or they're an enemy across the world. We've got enemies across the world that we might think about, sort of like military enemies of America or something. But then we have enemies across the street that, you know, are, I, I, I've seen like people in my neighborhood like sending hateful texts that I've been included in about how somebody blocked the trash cans, like the trash truck to be able to pick up the trash truck. And I'm kind of like, why am I in this text thread? Uh, and then, you know, but it's just like, we can have enemies across the street, but we can have enemies across the world, both. We love our enemies. And when it says, bless those who curse you, in this, in, in this like more ancient day, they would have thought about curse as in this sort of polytheistic culture, like I'm gonna bring a curse from the gods upon you, right? And as that, people that would want you to have bad things happen in your life, for you to be cursed in some way, and then those people then you write back instead of cursing them back, you are saying, I want to invoke the favor of Yahweh God upon this person. I want them to experience that. I bless you in the name of Jesus. That's your heart's prayer for them. I mean, you really stop and think about who those people are, and that's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do. Who are you needing to pray that for? Pray for those who hurt you. Don't hit back when somebody hits you, both physically and sort of, I think, uh, you know, internetly, <laughs> right? Like in this way, when it comes to this online world we live in, when people strike at you, do you just have to strike back? Is that like your first instinct and the thing that you do? If someone takes from you, give them more. And then later it's like, if, if, if you lend money to somebody, don't even expect to get paid back. This is a radical way of living. It's a difficult way of living. But we would do to others as we would love for them to do for us. And so to really step back and think about this list, think about these actions and how crazy they still seem today. Like, does it even occur to you to love this way before we started talking about this verse? We talk about this verse, you're probably like, oh yeah, yeah, I know that verse, we're supposed to love our enemies, right? But then it's like on Tuesday when that person, you know, has betrayed you, is then talking bad about you to other people, you know, that kind of a situation, whatever that situation is for you, how do we actually live in this way? Um, here, Jesus is talking to a pretty like, large group of people. We sometimes call this the Sermon on the Plain, or it's like the, another version of the Sermon on the Mount, possibly. Now, within this passage of Scripture, he's talking to this group of people that have some enemies, okay? 
So these people in first century Israel, he's talking to them. It's not just the 12, it's a larger group. And, you know, they're thinking about the Roman Empire. They have Roman soldiers and officials living in their country because they have taken them over and are their oppressors, their occupiers. You've got these people around them. So that's one of their enemies. Then you have a bunch of people like of your own people that are colluding with those enemies, these other oppressors that you have in your life. Uh, they've got the Samaritans that are this group of people that are kind of uh, people who they feel like have betrayed them or turned against them. And there's even some ethnic stuff going on in that, ethnic differences that they're upset about. There's different ways of worshiping that these people had or different places of worship. And so they, they hate these people so much they won't even walk through their land. So you've got the Samaritans. Then you've got... Um, People like uh, different religious orders, Pharisees, Sadducees, other different um, religious ways of thinking. You might even think like denominations or something in our day. It could be a, a, some form of comparison. But you've got different ways of thinking about the same God and the same practice, the same Bible, and all these people with different ways of thinking about it. They've got enemies within that circle. And then they had even these sort of, these people that were zealots or the people that weren't the zealots. Now, the zealots were the people that thought, hey, with these Romans that are occupying our land, the, the way to handle the, the problem of the Romans is by fighting them and killing them and driving them out. And then you've got other people that thought, no, 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 that's not, that's not the way of it. But then they'd have, ra- so then they would have these disagreements within each other and hate each other. And so you've got all these different ways that you have people that are your enemies in the first century. We have all sorts of different ways that we have enemies in our time that maybe have a lot of, you know, have some similarities to this. But what's interesting about this, this passage is it's, it says, do good to those who hate you. Not just that you hate, but who hate you. Are you receiving actual hate from people? He says, do good to them. Now, I do want to be clear that this doesn't, I don't believe this says to continue to experience abuse from someone, okay? It does not say that. I don't believe that you have to continue to experience that, and you can remove yourself in whatever way it takes from from like experiences or positions where you are being abused. So I don't want to like, sometimes you can take this like turn the other cheek thing to like too far, I believe, that you should just have to receive that continually. I don't think you do. But you're probably having to work on your heart even, right? Even when it comes to this. And there are ways that you can live this out to whoever in your life is, is hating you. And of course, we are... We are about a little less than a year and a half away from another presidential election. And so I know this next year and a half or whatever that is, is going to like bring up all sorts of hate that people have for each other. Even people that would sit in the same room like this. Are you able to love and bless if you are a little more to the left, those on the right? And I know you can think of people that you hate over there. And it's the same way. People that are a little more to the right, are you able to love and bless people that are on the left and people that you hate over there? And if you're a little more in the middle, you kind of hate them all or something like that. And maybe you really got problems, all right? So it's like, how are you thinking this through of how do you live out this way of Jesus to love your enemy? How do you love your enemy? Because what if Jesus was actually serious about these words? Does, the, does our Christian culture look like this? 
And how can we be people who shift that culture to the way of love? I know for me, even just like personally thinking about this a little bit, it's, um, I was sitting and, and chatting with um, the, the birthday celebrant yesterday, Matt Doan, who we love. Uh, <laughs> uh, I actually, when Josh walked down, I said, was that a bit or was that, like, was that real? Uh, and he said, yeah, he actually did forget. <laughs> so I thought that was funny because I totally thought that might've been just a little comedy bit for you, but it was well, it was well done. Uh, <laughs> but I, I was just chatting with Matt Doan about this because I'm like, I don't know. Do I like actually like hate people or do people hate me? And it's like, I'm trying to like think about this and I know there, I know there are, I know, <laughs> I definitely know there are, uh, but like um, I'm sort of processing like all this and I was just thinking about how I, I have a weird job in some way and this is just me, I'm not, none of this is like complaining, this is just um, my experience of, of trying to live out this passage where I'm a pastor of a church and then that also makes me a boss of a bunch of people. That also makes me the person that says yes or no to certain things sometimes and has to say yes or no to people a lot. Maybe they shouldn't, people shouldn't be in a, like serving in a certain position or something. You know, there's all sorts of ways that this, like I have to make these sorts of decisions or do certain things that then people are upset about. And like then people even leave and I've even had people like even post sort of hateful things about me because of things I've done or said or whatever that might be. And that's like, I, the, the part of this that I'll tell you is that it's my fleshly instinct is you wanna hit back, right? Like you don't wanna then be like, oh, just bless you, you know? And that's the thing you have to be careful of. This isn't, the answer to this isn't, oh, bless your heart. You know, that's not, that's the, the sort of Southern like <laughs> way to hit back without really hitting back, passive aggressive style. It's not all oh, bless your heart. It's actually being able to say, Lord, help me to have a heart and then let me do where this person who is saying horrible things maybe about me, how can I speak blessing upon their life and really desire for God's favor to be upon them? How can I pray for them, love them, do good to them? That is hard. That is really hard sometimes. And I, I even remember going through, the other weird thing in my, my job was like that season, about six years ago is when the elder said, okay, hey, Eric's the one that we've chosen to be the next pastor. And I've talked about this a little bit, but then there was this two and a half month period before there was a vote about it. And not a lot of us, maybe some of you that run for office or something, but not a lot of us have a group of people that we've called family for you know 15 plus years then say, we're gonna vote yes or no about you. And you're just like, whoa, that's messing with my, like my, my head, messing with how I feel about people, how I feel about God, like all that stuff. And so how do you then love and express love to people that you know were like, I check no on you. And you're just like, okay. Like, so like recognizing, okay, Lord, help me to process, how do I say, yes, I love this person or someone that has betrayed you, someone that is, spoken ill to others about you in some way, or someone that's really hurt you in ways that I'm not even describing here, but Lord, I, I wanna bless them, I wanna love them and do good for them. Now, part of this, what's interesting is this is actually loving like Jesus. This is to love like Jesus. Part of our vision statement here at Calvary Church is one of the phrases is to love like Jesus across all cultures and generations. So we wanna love like Jesus. Now what we're reading here in this passage, this is the Jesus way of love, to love your enemies, to do good to those who hate you. And so to love like Jesus is to love like that. And to do that across cultures 
And we use that word cultures very um, specifically because it is, it includes ethnicities, but it goes beyond that. Okay, it goes well beyond that to all sorts of different like ideological differences, whatever that could be, or people that dress formally or informally or whatever. You know, it's like all cultures, but also all generations, people older and younger. And older people might be like, oh, these kids these days, blah, 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 blah. And then younger people are like, oh, those old people don't get it, blah, blah, blah. You know, so it's just like, hey, do we love each other in that way across all of these differences? Our vision is to love like Jesus. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, while we were opposed to God, while we even hated God, he still, with action, loved us by sacrificing himself for us. The love of God, the love of Jesus expressed with action even when we were opposed to him. Jesus died for those who hated him. Jesus healed one of the people who was there helping to arrest him. Jesus blessed and forgave his enemies while on the cross. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They don't totally get it. They don't know. They don't get it, Lord. Forgive them while being crucified. That's the Jesus way of love. And it's not just in words. It's not just in feelings. It's with actions as well. Um, 1 John, I wanted to have you look. If you turn your Bible, 1 John 3, 11 to 20, it's this pretty, like, awesome kind of passage that comes alongside this passage, I think. Um, so being written a little while after they've had to sort of live this for a while, and then it says, and you can just look and you just listen. I'll just read parts of this kind of long passage here. But it says, uh, this is the message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. Why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them until they receive the grace of Jesus Christ. Okay, gotta read all of scripture. Verse 16, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we'll be confident when we stand before God even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. And it goes on, but just this radical kind of doubling down again here on this passage, that this is the way we are to, to live and to love with action. The Jesus way is an extraordinary love and it is the greatest ethic. The golden rule is that greatest ethic. Do unto others as you would like them to do to you, to live your life in that way. But this Jesus way of love is not always the easy way. 
This is a hard thing to actually live out. Let's read that little middle paragraph of our passage in Luke 6, verse 32. It says, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. This is not an easy way to love. It's easy to love your friends, but he says love your enemies. It's easy to do good to people who do good to you, do good for all. It's easy to lend money, let's say to like rich people who you know are gonna be committed to paying you back. Lend to others without expecting return. It's easy to love your political teammates and hate your political opponents. Love them, love them. And if you feel like Christians are being treated poorly by culture and people hate us, maybe you're right. But the response is to bless them, give to them, do good to them, love them. If people call you a bigot just because you're a Christian, then bless them and do good to them. But the thing is, is that there's a couple sides to this when it comes to loving your enemies and a couple ways that you're gonna need to kind of examine yourself. One, you might actually have hate in your heart that you need to repent from. You might be a hateful person. You're not getting hated on because you're a Christian. You get hated on because you're a jerk, right? So like you have to analyze and examine, am I receiving this hate not because I like, love Jesus, you know, I stand up for truth, but no, because you're a jerk about it. And so examine, like, do I have hate in my heart that I need to repent of to be able to be this kind of loving person to anybody, to anybody in my life? But then the other thing to think about is you might live such a passive faith that no one would ever hate you. You might not look anything different than the rest of the world or the culture that some maybe would be hated on. And so to examine yourself, am I living such a passive faith that just agrees with everything of the world so much that no one would ever hate on me for being a Christian because I don't, I don't look any different than them in any way, shape, or form, even in the way I love. I don't know, I just look the same as the rest of the world. And so we have to examine ourselves because yeah, the scriptures say, speak the truth in love, so we actually have to speak truth, but then we actually have to speak it in love. It's both. We have to really be able to consider, how do I live this out? Do I have no love or do I have no truth? Examine yourself with this. And then there's this other passage of scripture about love that Paul writes. Now, the apostle Paul is somebody that, for me, he's someone that seems a little intense. Like, I don't know, I don't always think Paul would be a great hang. Like, I don't know if I wanna hang out with Paul or not. He writes a lot of good stuff, but he's a really blunt guy, right? He's really direct, he's kind of intense. Some of you might like Paul a lot because of that, and that's, you know, different wiring or whatever, and that's all good. But Paul is another one that doubles down on the command to love, and he does it in a real Paul kind of way. First Corinthians 13 is this sort of like wedding passage, you know, that was like always read at weddings for a long time. And because it's all about love, but check out these first few verses. He says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. 
So someone's like so spiritual, or in this passage, like they're speaking in tongues, or they do all this, or so this spiritual person, and then he says, if you don't have love, you're just a gong or a symbol. He's kind of roasting them on some weird first century level. Then verse two, he says, if I had the gift of prophecy, and if, if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. And he's like, it's nothing. You can have all this faith. All these miracles are coming out of your life. But if you don't have love, you are nothing. That is a harsh, direct thing to say. Love is this important. Verse 3. Uh, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So you might be a person that does all these good things, but you're just doing them out of duty and obligation or to look good in front of other people. You can boast about that. But if you don't have love, it's nothing, Paul says. So in his direct, intense way, he is saying this Jesus way of love, to love your enemies, is the most important. Loving one another is how we prove that we are his disciples. And loving our enemies and those who hate us is how we show that we are living this Jesus way. And this Jesus way, it says, is rewarded by God. It's rewarded by God. Let's see where it says that at the end. Verse 35, he says it again. Love your enemies. Do good to them. He's repeating, repeating. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you'll truly be acting as children of the Most High, for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. We will be rewarded by God as we do this. I think the reward, I don't think the reward is you do this and then you're gonna get like the stuff you want, you know? I think the reward is that you are going to be more like Jesus. As you live this out, your reward is to be then more like God. And what greater reward is that? You are now like Jesus. You are compassionate, you are kind, you are merciful, you are loving. What a beautiful reward that is. You get to be more like Jesus. And so let us examine ourselves. Examine your life. Do I need to repent of the hate in my heart, of being cruel? Or do I need to ask God to help me to love those with some truth in my life, but to do it in a really loving and merciful and compassionate way? And I would even say too, a way that you can respond to this would be to surround yourself with people who help you become more compassionate, kind, and loving surround yourself with people in that way. And that's part of why we're even like with all this like connect fair and all this stuff, like being on a team, serving, being in a life group, just being involved in being discipled, all this stuff is because we need to surround ourselves with people who have the presence of God dwelling within them, who are then helping us grow and become more like Jesus. And so I encourage you in this. And I encourage you, if you'd like to pray about this, I'd ask some leaders to come to the prayer points as we close in some worship for us to be prayed over and at, at the end of the service too. But I'm gonna pray for you now 
and just pray that God would help us all to love our enemies and to bless those who curse us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we absolutely wholeheartedly know with a topic like this that we need you, God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to give us the ability to respond to this well. And so I pray for healing in the hurt that people have experienced in their lives. Holy Spirit, descend in your just overwhelming love and compassion to your people here in this room, to people who are watching this. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that your love would overwhelm them and envelop them. May they receive your great love for them. And then out of that, then, Lord, love others and even love our enemies, God. Transform us, heal us, empower us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand and worship. Come forward for prayer.